The winemakers are up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. I'm Brent Peterson. Each week on the podcast, we visit a different foodie city and explore the cuisine that makes that place special, whether it be custard tarts in Lisbon, mango beer in Mumbai, or lizard curry in Guatemala. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Take my hat off, so I'm not bouncing around on that. Hey, welcome to the winemakers. This is Brian Casey with Bart Hansen. We got uh, John Myers and Sam Katuri out on uh, out on special lead. assignment. Special assignment, <laughs> and uh, we are at uh, La Casa de Dane up here on the mountain, overlooking the beautiful um, vineyards, and we can see all the way to what Bart? What's the furthest we can see from up here? Well, Mount Diablo is the is the thing that sticks out the most. Yeah. Um, I think what's the mountain in the South Bay? Uh, the, oh, the, we were talking about that the other day. Uh, I, I I'm not sure, but I think you can see that. So it, it, it's it's yeah, it's today. a it's quite a view. It's quite a view. And we've got Mike Cox. He is the director of winemaking at La Prenda. Is it Laprenda Vineyards? Laprenda. Laprenda Vineyards Management. Laprenda Vineyards Management. That's the official title. Okay, and you might say. Wait a minute! A vineyard management company has a winemaker. What's that all about? Uh, yeah, actually, I didn't think about that until you just said it. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll let Mike explain <laughs> that, and I won't make it up. Well, yeah. So it's uh, we're we're, we're full service for the clients, right? So, uh, actually, I like it because it's we are the the client is we're doing everything we we can for the for the client. Whether the, and so yeah, okay, we we grow their grapes and we farm their grapes and help them with those decisions decisions there. And then the primary goal is to find homes for the grapes, right? Um, we're looking at, you know, we, you know, looking at trying you know, contracts and year to year, et cetera, et cetera, um, and making sure they're getting a good price and they're profitable. And then, you know, you probably about oh, it must have been ten years ago. This is before my time there. Um, they just the, the, the market was starting to change a little bit, and so we started to see more growers taking their wine to the bulk market. And you know, and that's a that's a legitimate uh, outlet for a lot of things. And then from that, kind of uh, the winery or the the company is owned by Ned Ned Hill and his and his wife Erica. And and they, uh, you know, we're we're looking at well, we could do a little bit of this. You know, we could, we should take some to to a bottled thing. And the, or we have certain vineyards that we're we are you know madly in love with. Um, let's take that to. Uh, to a bottle and there are certain things where we were selling as shiners but we you know ned developed his own label um the first label was what is the label the first the, so the first label was there's many of them actually yeah we have we have many the first label was was fifth hill um okay. which so that was kind of like the fifth company the you know the, you know the, the, all sorts of all sorts of reasons for the fifth fifth child right. there were a, there were a lot of reasons but fifth hill was really and and remains to this day kind of like the the top tier um, of, of wines, where we're actually like pulling out wines, you know, uh, you know, extended barrel aging, you know, the whole, 
nine yards. And we do, uh, we work in a lot of in several different facilities, but the fifth hill, sorry, is that me tapping? Yeah, sorry thanks. about that. No worries. So I, I just want to, a twitchy foot. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. I, I do want to stop one second and, and just um, say Ned Hill, um, son of um, um, Steve, Hill. Steve Hill, and Steve Hill um, worked for. Okay. Um, uh, Ed Durrell. So everybody probably knows something about the the famous Durrell Ranch here in Sonoma Valley. Um, that was Ed Durrell, and and looking at it right looking now. Looking at it right say, now. And, and Steve was his planted it and was his vineyard manager. Um, and this is his son. Um, Ned certainly grew up in Sonoma and grew up in in the, in the business. I remember him when he was just a little kid, actually, because yeah, that's was, how old he, I am. He grew yeah, and he grew up on he grew up on the Durrell you know right. Durrell Ranch right. too. So and was that so Parmalee Hill? Is one of the labels? No, that, no. Okay. that's uh, that's uh, that's Ned's. That's that's Steve Hill's brand. Okay. So. Okay. Um, so Fifth Hill, uh, and then we have uh, La Prenda, which we've got. I've got several examples of several things, but that's so that is um, not always single vineyard, um, but it is kind of our higher tier, and it's a little more. Uh, widely distributed uh so like, you know the fifth hill mostly restaurants i think you know we, and we do sell some some stuff to you know mailing list type things but fifth hill is um you know smaller production um it's around forty dollars is our, our goal i mean one of the, when we talk about pricing you know it's like we are extremely you know consumer friendly like like let's not overcharge for something um so and that's that's part of you know making it work so we've got the the next step down is the kind of La Prenda, which tends to be is you know thirty five you know twenty five to thirty five range. Uh, then we've got the nine five four seven six labels, um, which if uh, just in case anyone doesn't know is the zip code here in Sonoma. So I like that. Yeah, well, we, you know, and and again, we are definitely a, a Sonoma based and focused um, brand brand and and growers and you know we are we are sonoma centric right and so we're very proud of being from from sonoma sonoma valley and so nine five four seven six was kind of a way to you know promote that um and that's kind of you know again so that's you know i'm trying to think the ranges so it's delineate that's that's 15 to 20 you know at at 25 and then uh the sonoma we have a the next is the sonoma collection um and sonoma collection is that kind of you know sub 20 ish um you know 15 to 20 fighting varietals yeah they've got so many names you know super premium ultra premium right. you know value premium yeah, yeah so whatever that whatever that means to to the you know when, you, when you're looking at the, the the data um and then we also have a label uh called happy wife which is <laughs> Uh, happy wife, red, white, and rosé. And uh, during the <laughs> during the quarantine, we had quarantine wife, which was right. uh, which, was, which, which, was uh, which was a rosé of zen, which is great on ice. <laughs> um, and people, you know what? Let's talk about. Can we talk about that for a second? Because I, I, I'm, I kind of want to out myself. Let's pour a little cel- or cider yeah. here first oh, while so we're yeah, doing. So yeah, let's, what, what we want to get started with is I, we we. Uh, Ned has this thing. He always refers it to as whole hog farming. So we, we use everything, uh, and 
you know, a lot of our clients, uh, and 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 actually at the the ranch, the estate itself, or the whatever the shop. Um, yeah, <laughs> let's not call it an estate. It's it's a shop. It's it's the tractor shop. Uh, but we grow a lot of pears there. We've got I mean, we've got a you know a, a pretty big legitimate garden. But uh, and where is this exactly? It's on Broadway. So we're okay. we're, we're on Broadway, and uh, yeah, it's a there, there's three addresses in a row. One is the the shop um, where all the tractors and in and out and the flatbeds and boom boom boom. And then the middle address is actually uh, where uh, Ned and Erica live with their three kids. And then the next uh, the next driveway over is uh, is is my office right. and and uh, the kind of the, the turnaround and the wine storage and all that kind of good stuff. The drive through, so, yeah, exactly. Right. So anyway, uh, so we we have a lot of we have a lot of pears there. We and we've got some apples and then a lot of the. Uh, you know, a lot of our clients, you know, they they've got oh, we've got we've got ten pear trees. We never use we never use them. They just this, they go to rot every year. So we, I love that kind of stuff. I, we send it. We send it. We send. We send. Sorry, a little little foam over. I was getting you know, looks. That's all right. Yeah, it's like your but, neighbor. You know, I've been getting Meyer lemons from um, the triplets. One of the triplets' neighbors has a bunch of lemons. They just put them out on the sidewalk whenever they pick a bunch of them. And then uh, when Abby was going to um, Gravenstein Union, there was a a family that had a persimmon tree that no one was taking the persimmons from. So we always thought we'd always clip those things. Awesome color on this. Yeah. Well, again, because it's so it's, it's, it's actually sometimes has a, has a little bit of a pink tinge and, and cause we had a yeah. lot of those kind of red skin varieties, you know, we, uh, you know, we, we, we do it more cause it's, it, cause it's fun and it's early season too. It's before, it's really before the grape harvest gets rolling. So you know, button, we've got button heads. With, we've got with the grapes. Yeah, exactly. We've got time to, you know, screw around with it and, and, you know, and play with it. And, and we just, uh, we, we pick them, you get a little, you get a little soft, soften for a couple of days actually. Cause if not, they're, they're super hard. Like they're like little rocks going through there. Right. And so you have a hard time macerating them. But run through a crusher uh, and just you gotta let them sit. You do add a little bit of uh, of an enzyme to help kind of break it down. Um, and we, uh, um, yeah, it ferments about a week. We do you know a punch down, extract it. It just smells great. I yeah. Mean, um, and it's yeah, and it's it's fun. We we uh, we actually bottled this because it's uh you know it's a, this little funky 500 mil bottle um yeah it looks like a beer bottle but you put a uh a, a champagne cork in it. it's like an old-timey yeah. beer bottle yeah and so we we, we got hooked up to with that through uh Mare Island brewing company oh that's why that's why you have so many um <laughs> posts about we do uh, like, Mare we, do like beer. we do like Mare Island beer um yeah and they've we've actually you know and they're they're we they have uh they have purchased wine wine from us so we they they had a, a lot of our wines there so anyway, we, we they hooked us up with this and actually like a legitimate bottling line uh, with you know with with a you know putting in that crown cork is not exactly the easiest thing. So it's like a right. whole, it's a whole process, twisty, right. um, goofy little thing. <laughs> it's really delicious. When I was I was saying before we started recording that I've had I love cider, you know Normandy cider, kind of the old school thing. And there was you know for a while I think it was at the Girl in the Fig we were tasting all kinds of different ciders and. That a lot of the, I really like the pear ciders, but a lot of the um, brands out there were putting a little bit of pear and then they were putting a lot of apple into it. I guess because it, it was cheaper or easier to, it, yeah, to just get more, access I think more, to. Yeah, more available. Bulk. Yeah. But this is 100% pear. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's finished dry, so, you know, we don't mess around with it. Some people will, you know, 
if you're going to pressurize it. So we so at the bottom it's it is bottle conditioned. So you'll see, you'll see there should be a little bit of yeast there in the bottom, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and that's you know we. Um, we do brighten it at, at the at the brewery before before going to bottle. Um, so, but it's you know so it's got a little haze cast to it, but it's yeah. it's, it's good. It's it's a, it's a living it's a yeah. living it's a living it, thing. It, exactly, which is why I was right. so happy when I opened it up. And right. <laughs> so so I want to I want to um, I, I always like to we always get jump out into the conversation, and I always think it's important for people to have a little bit of a background on who we're talking to. Um, first of all, you can go to. Uh, is it Le- SonomaValleyCollection.com or is it Laprenda.com? We own the internet, so uh, you can go anywhere and it should direct it to us. <laughs> okay. Uh, so go out and search out um, uh, Sonoma Collections, search out uh, Laprenda Wines. Yes, yeah, so... so, so, so. Sonoma Valley uh, Collection is a is a good place to start. Okay. La, Pre- La, Pre- La Prenda, La, if you go if you search La Prenda, will come up. So. Okay. Um, and so Mike uh, grew up here in Sonoma. Yeah, born born and raised. Uh, um, went to UCLA. I did a little, you know, remembered. That. Went, I did Google a little research, research actually, because I didn't remember. You want where. Facebook? I, well, I, I no, a, a bio. I searched for a bio. Matter of fact, I found an interview from 2010 about a, um, when you talked about vegan wines. Oh, um, yeah. We've always done. I was, that was that was fun getting into that that wormhole. Right. Um, so so went to UCLA, um, studied chemical engineering. Yep. Um, uh, and then found yourself at Davis and interested in wine. Did was it was it a mid? It was it a change or did you finish chemical engineering and then get into wine? Well, I mean, this is actually probably, uh, you know, I chose the wines to kind of help tell the story. So this okay. actually is a good, perfect. Uh, that's a good segue. So I have my my first uh, my intern year. So I uh, yeah I graduated uh, I graduated in '86. Um, Alexander just is graduating tonight. Uh, whole 35 years later, and then uh, and then I graduated Davis um, in '91. So that puts me at 30 years out of school. But uh, so I, I graduated from Justin, went down to UCLA, and uh, was studying chemical engineering, and and came back that summer and was kind of looking for something to do. You know, it was the typical freshman summer. You know, it was, I was I was pretty happy to be hanging out by the pool with with friends and screwing around and you know riding up an Anadel and and just kind of you know goofing around. And my parents kept saying like you know. When, when, when you can get a job, time to get a yeah. job, Mike. I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, I was like, well, I can go back and work at at Shone's Deli now, Glen Ellen right. Market. Yeah, you know, like which I did all through high school. I'm like, yeah, I kind of, but not really enthusiastic about that. And uh, my parents used to go for a walk every day down the bike path. In the bike path was Hacienda, which is now Bart Park, right. Bartholomew Park, right? Yeah. Uh, they would go in the tasting room, and you know, back then it was you know it was casual. They they struck up a conversation with uh, with a guy. Steve uh, McCrosty was the no, winemaker then. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, well, no, it was Steve had just left. Okay. Um, and Eric Lauman had taken over. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, that's right, Eric. I forgot. Yeah, and uh, where's that cool tool? Sorry. Um, he. Uh, and so they struck up with with uh, Herb Lane, who's uh, a lot of people remember. He passed away you know, twenty years ago. Um, but uh, they're like, well, we're we're starting bottling next week. Uh, why don't you have him, you know, have him give us a call? So they came home like, hey, we found you a job. I'm like, <laughs> so uh, went worked on a bottling line, uh, and actually really enjoyed it. And 
Well, I enjoyed was, enjoyed the bottling line. Well, yeah, it was well, it was it was fun, I, and I would like, you know, I was I was stupid. I would volunteer afterwards. You know, I'd do a little extra cleaning right. and whatever needed to be done, and, and you know, it was it was fun. But you know, it's like you know, there was there was stuff happening, and you know, before and after, and I was really into it. So it ended up, uh, yeah, we're gonna have this. You can see how this conversation is gonna go. There's like long winding right. si- si- sidebars. It's all you obviously sidebar. haven't listened to that many of our uh, shows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, I. Uh, uh, yeah, so so I liked it and said, okay, you know, hey, talk, went and talked to Eric and said, hey, you know, this is something that that uh, I'm interested in. Could I, um, you know, did you have sorry. a concept of harvest jobs at the time? Like, yeah, like no, well, was? it was like well, that was that's what Eric suggested. He's like, hey, why don't you you, know, you will take off? You know, if you're interested, and again, that shows you how old I am. Like. This, this was like after after harvest. He's like, well, if you're still interested, send me a fax, and uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll well we can we can talk about you know taking off uh, fall quarter. So I'd end up taking off fall quarter of 1988. So 87 was my first kind of harvest, right? Uh, and 88 then 88 was, your was my first like okay, work all the way through, and I worked okay. you know all summer uh, through into um, you know through to Christmas. Right. So so uh, this looks a little beat up, but we'll see. That's right. Yeah, the cork looks like it got pushed in a little bit there. Yeah. So I think I think the first time I met you, um, and I can't tell you how it was. It was probably having something to do with uh, uh, Sonoma. Well, it must have just been from the city connection from people here in town. But I remember you were working at Demore. Demore to Marrier, right? Was Demore was before Napa Collection or after? Napa collection wasn't that what it was? So oh, so, Napa Sellers. I mean, yeah. So it was Napa Sellers. Then the Demore family bought it. That's what it was. And then one, of, they were a Belgian family, Demore, and uh, they were like, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna change it to our last name." Right. And they, they did. It didn't make any sense. Aaron Mosley was the winemaker. Um, he uh, and they just you know. They one of the brothers died, so they sold it, and this uh, this Japanese corporation bought it, uh, Skycorp Napa, and they were it was a wealthy group. Yeah, exactly. It sounds well. Like that was there was a from time the Terminator. Well, well there there Skynet. was there, there there was this period where the Japanese invested heavily in the wine industry. Remember, they bought Kieran, Chateau Saint right? Jean. Yeah. Um, uh, there there was a number of wineries that it was when their economy was really really it was good. booming. Yeah. So so part of the deal was there was a real estate company, and as like a player, you you know you had a hotel in Honolulu, and you had a winery in Napa Valley and you had a golf course and you know somewhere in California and so they had all those things and so it was it was awesome because I actually got to went went to, went to uh, got to, got to go to Honolulu on the company dime did a winemaker dinner stayed at, stayed at the the hotel there it was like you know it was like two blocks off of Waikiki it was awesome um, yeah it was good you know as a as a, as a young kid yeah. um, but uh, so yes, I worked at Napa Cellars when it was called Demore. Um, they they uh, they sold it afterwards, and I it's the it's a geodesic dome of doom there, right? Uh, and just around <laughs> Yonville. You you know where this is, Brian? It's it's just right next door to Mustards, I think. Uh, it's it's up from Mustards. Oh, yeah, it was great. It was like yeah, when I was so my first winemaking job was there, and it was it was it was great. You were like twenty five and going to Mustards for lunch and just you know doing your thing and right. uh, you know, but Mustards was like in the middle of nowhere at the time, right? So there was it was Mustards. It was. Uh, uh, what was the name of the guy? I'm, I'm gonna, you guys are going to get a lot of this. What was the name of that guy? Uh, 
with his last name began with a C. That was and that's that's Con- Constantino. Mitch Constantino. Mitch Constantino. Yeah, Mitch Constantino. Right was there, and right. then next, and then we were right next door to him. Right, and then Sutter Home, you know, bought it. Now it's Folio Do. Right, uh, I believe. Gotcha. Yeah, um, it, it's it, it, but but you know, I mean, at the, uh, that cork, that's yeah. all, all things considered. Yeah, uh, I mean, what that, year is that? Eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. Yeah. So, and. You know the beauty thing with the old wines, you just you know make sure you got plenty of other ones to you know if, if, <laughs> right. if it disappoints. Actually, I had a I don't know three. Um, from I sheet. like that you're I like that you're wiping off the lead off the top of that. Oh, yeah, did you guys sign the waiver? <laughs> People don't know. Yeah, that. so it's yeah. I was like, wow, they really cut through nice and like oh, right. yeah, lead. Yeah. <laughs> People don't know that um, there used to be uh, foils used to be made out of lead, and the reason why they well one of the reasons why they were made out of lead was because. When the rats would go into the cellar, instead of eating the corks, they would eat the lead covering, and then the rats would die. Is that is that a true story? <laughs> I don't know, but it's a good story. I, I, well, I mean, it's it was a, a side benefit. I don't think they made it out of it specifically for that, but they're like, hey, that seems to be working. Our, our bottles are pristine. Yeah, because I am so anti-foil in my life right now. But if if you tell me it's helping keeping yeah. the rats out, well, of but line, I mean yeah. that that was a time when you know, as I as I was told the story, it was a time when rats were an issue, you know, in in the, in the medieval days, <laughs> right? <laughs> were but, they putting foil on in the 1400s, Bart? <laughs> I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, exactly. They were melting lead onto it, possibly. <laughs> all right, all right. So you know, I, the one thing I learned, one of the things I one of the things I learned at Benziker was. Um, the truth is nothing more than a series of agreed upon uh, lies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> good sound. The color looks good. Yeah, it's a little dried out, but uh, it's more for historical interest. Yeah. So that's 1988, Sonoma County. Yeah, and so that's that was my uh, that was my intern year, um, and that's so where I took off. Uh, took off the the you know the six months or the you know the, the fall quarter three three months, and uh, still got a little bit of something going on there. So, yeah. yeah, I believe I've had I've had things that are farther along <laughs> than this. So, eighty um, in Sonoma County, and it's. And, and, so uh, we, so we, cab, a little bit yeah, of Merlot and then a touch of Cap Franc. Yeah, and so this was, you know, early on in the in the red blend days where everyone was trying to come up with their symphony and this and you know, right. you know and coming up with names and so you know Antares is a star, um, and uh, we had so those own hacienda back then was owned by the Cooley family. Um, Bob Cooley's still around here in the valley. Uh, Crawford, you know, they have a, they have a ranch up there uh, next to or had I was Lake Sonoma. Yeah, Lake, Lake Sonoma. Wait, it wasn't a little ranch. Yeah, it was a good size ranch. Yeah, it's a sizable ranch. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to be able to mountain bike that ranch? Oh yeah. Well, we did. We went, so we did when uh, at Harvest Party of '88, they sent us up there um, with the Willie's Willie's Jeep uh, to uh, you know have some fun. Yeah, exactly. Do things that stupid twenty-five-year-olds uh, do. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm oh, distracted by. We have a series. Holy cow! The whole collection. We of have them. a whole collection of, of woodpeckers. Uh, woodpeckers, and it's really amazing. One, two, the squirrels three. get really, really aggressive with them, I and bet. then the woodpeckers all come together and chase the woodpecker or the squirrels away. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's like seven of them. Yeah, it's a gang. Fortunately, they have left the house alone, so the oak trees may fall someday, but the house seems to be all right. Um, so we, anyway, they, we, we had that for a sidebar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, our, our, our furthest ranch was, uh, 
the bend there in uh, in Cloverdale, uh, you know, when you when you drive up 101 to Ukiah and there's the you, you drop into Cloverdale, you now, so back then, again, the highway didn't bypass it. The highway went through downtown, right. and, and, and and so you it's it's you if you drive up there now, you, I'm like, oh yeah, there's the there's the ranch. Um, it's right where the where it's where where the old highway comes back onto the, where the new highway would be, and it was Correct. kind of this armpit. And then uh, was that 128 that then goes off to uh, you know Boonville, et cetera, right. et cetera. So that that if you turned on the Moonville, it was the first driveway there. And uh, I mean, this is a go ahead. Uh, Anyway, so I, we had cab, and so that was my, my my intern job was driving all over Sonoma County and sampling. But that was our furthest vineyard. That was like the that was a cab vineyard up there. We had Merlot on the estate, which is Bartholomew Park. Um, we took some stuff off of I think Battle Ranch. Um, we had uh, Antalus uh, High Vista Sauvignon Blanc, which you know today La Prenda Farms. So it's like you know it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. I've been working, and, and actually we bought that one at, uh, at my former employer, and we uh, yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of they're working with a lot of vineyards for a lot of time. So, so so this wine, I mean, it definitely it it definitely smells of aged, um, but the tannin structure mm. is freaking beautiful the mouth is awesome yeah I yeah mean, i'm stoked on that it's really really beautiful yeah it really did resolve itself uh nicely yeah it's it, you know it's got cab franc in it too i think you have to check yeah. the back label yep, just a little um bit. yeah t- a touch cab franc he probably was looking for petit Verdot and and malbec which you really couldn't find back then right you know yeah. again because like the i was like so the, the kind of the early days of this and so that's awesome that's a nice share thanks mike yeah i mean you know it's like so, after after thirty years, I've accumulated quite a bit of wine, so I like having excuses to kind of open things up and 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 <laughs> yeah. and, and see. So um, then we move forward from Demur, you or Sonoma sell or Napa Cellars. Napa, yeah, yeah, um, Napa Cellars. That's what that, and that's what it is today. I and mean, they've gone back to be actually they've they've they've, they've, they've revived the Napa Cellars brand. So and then so how did you meet Walter Shug? And uh, tell us a little bit about Walter Shug. Yeah, so... Um, or at least you and Walter Shug. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I was at, I was, you know, at, at Moore. It was great. Young kid, you know, I mean, 25 years old. Winemaker, hey, free reign, do what you, do what you need. The uh, Japanese owners would, you know, come to town every couple months and look at the books. And But, you know, they didn't really have much of a, a long-term plan, right? So they, you know... They couldn't believe I had to buy barrel. You want to buy barrels every year? Yes, barrels every year. <laughs> you know, uh, so it was. They they didn't really have this long term understanding of uh, you know. I mean, they got the investment in it, and you know, and uh, but they didn't really understand like, hey, we need to do this, and for quality, we you know, they they didn't really like they let you do things, but just be it was it was hard, and they because they invested at the wrong time. Economy was booming. The bottom starts to fall out. They they started to crunch the numbers a little bit more, and and you know. Not to get inside baseball, but they're you know like oh you know they they had they had they had pegged the valuations of the of the of the wine too high, so the marketing you know ladies like I can't sell it at the you know at this there's no you know there's no you know that was also that was pre you know two hundred dollar bottles in Napa too so it was you know so they uh, it was it was it was it was hard and, and so you know uh, yeah so I was winemaker but I. Uh, you were just slaved to, to the marketing department. Yeah, something like that. But we just, yeah, it was, but it, yeah, just, just, just doing my thing. And uh, actually, we had this, oh, we had this, this great old Zen vineyard. What was the name of that? It was up in Angwin. We had a couple of vineyards up there. 
uh, and uh, yeah, it was it was it's always fun. We made a like late Harvest Sauvignon Blanc that was really great. We made we made Chenin Blanc. Um, so you know a lot of things I was familiar. You know, Hacienda has great Chenin Blanc, or had I should say. Um, and yeah, anyway, so I saw an ad, you know, winemaker Sonoma, and uh, I. Like well, I'm gonna, I kind of want to get back to Sonoma, so I uh, answered answered the ad, and uh, ironically during the during the '88 harvest uh, or, or during one of my one of my one of the spring breaks, I used to, when I was at Davis, I was always coming here. Um, I was coming home and working weekends. I was working spring break. I was I was like I was, I was foolish, right? So you know Christmas. Oh, let's go let's go filter Chenin Blanc and then bottle Chenin Blanc before I go back to school. So I would I would I would take these the breaks and I and instead of going to Cancun, I would go and work in a winery you know so and then when i was at davis i would you know go to school I'll, sorry tapping again yeah that nervous foot i promise i will stop <laughs> i uh would would you know work you know go to school stay up all night on friday uh as a good college kid does and then you know you would wake up and if i could be out of the house at nine i could make it to the tasting room at hacienda by you know by 10 and work all day the, you know and work in the tasting room you know so it was actually kind of fun because I actually had that experience of, you know, working in a tasting room, selling wine, talking to people about wine and, you know, educating and all those, all those kind of things. Um, and I don't know where that we, goes. We were going that. to, now we're going to Walter. Oh yeah, Walter. So, you, so, so there was an ad in the newspaper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was actually probably in the newspaper. No, it was Wine Country Classifieds. Oh, Wine co- yeah. Country Classifieds. Yeah, the, that, 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 that yellow, yellow paper. The yellow, the yellow sheet. And so uh, I, I'd actually, so I, I had done a, I had done a tasting with him, and he and, and Gertrude were having an open house. They had these, uh, these wood casks on the ground, and I remember tasting his wines and, and kind of being struck by their uniqueness in California. Kind of, they were, they were a leaner style of Chardonnay. Um, he was, you know, he was never, you know, big into oak um, and not a California style. You know, he's, you know, the, the European tradition of of you know and style of of chardonnay and pinot and it was something that i embraced i was and uh i kind of had my own ideas about that and and you know lower alcohol and all all those kind of things and uh so i you know he and i you know hit it off and so uh i came to work for shoe winery here in town uh in 1995 okay and 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 for our listeners give a little brief um, summary of Walter Shug. I mean, you know, he was quite the pioneer um, of his time. Yeah, no, so uh, Walter was born in Germany in 1935. He grew up on a Pinot Noir estate in Germany, so Aspenhausen. Um, the wine geeks out there probably are familiar with Aspenhausen yeast. That was actually isolated from Walter's father's cellar. Uh, it was the Staatsweingut, which is uh, so... The state owns a bunch of wineries in Germany. They, uh, of course, they do. Yeah. Well, actually, that was that was let's 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 be real. Thanks Napoleon, right? So Napoleon comes in, they take it away from the church, they give it to the state, and you know, France kept going through these other things. The Germans, the German states, kind of you know held on to stuff. So that's how you. So they. That's where he he grew up. He he came here as an intern. Uh, early 60s um had had actually you know again his father was a winemaker gm at this you know pretty important red wine facility very you know state-of-the-art for the for the 50s um you know and so there was a california wine institute delegation that came over to kind of like you know go to europe and 
had their eyes open. And so they, you know, they spent time in, uh, in, in Germany and spent some time with Walter's father. He says, hey, my, my son just graduated. Uh, he could probably use, uh, use it. And so they invited him as an intern. You know, he had an internship uh, down in Delano and was, you know, was working there and making wine, was enologist and that type of thing. Um, but probably at a very yeah. large facility, right? Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, like like, like, whole, like in the old days with you know full on tanker cars rolling up and, right. and truckloads and this right. and that. But I mean, <sighs> I mean, you and I think the wine business has changed since we started. Imagine what it was like then. You know, um, it was completely processing. There was, uh, you know. Yeah, and the wines, the wines, to be honest, weren't well made, or they didn't have a reputation for being well made, Correct. right? Right. Correct. So, that, and that's kind of that was kind of Davis's charge was to you know change that. Hey, let's let's you know let's straighten this out and get right. a little bit better. So, just to, you know, so we not I know put I'm people asleep. distracting me. So, but uh, they know. But so Walter ends up. Uh, he gets he's kind of in charge so he's working for gallo and 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 is in charge of north coast uh grape opera you know grape purchasing grower relations and so they used to do a lot of work at co-ops so the growers would would bring their uh grapes to the co-op have the wine made and if it meets a certain quality standard they would you know buy the wine it would go into the blend and they would give you the price so that's um so walter was kind of running back and forth you know he was living in saint helena he was running for you know they had a facility in Asti and you know and the uh, downtown St. Helena was a big facility and so Walter would always you know check in all these lots making sure that they were you know made to a high standard um, you know and kind of rose up through the ranks of uh, of Gallo uh, you know and, and was was pretty well known uh, Joe Phelps was looking for a place and he was looking for someone to find a ranch and then plant the ranch lay out the ranch and you know help with the winery design joe phelps was a contractor from colorado so he just you know he's got some money he's got the you know the know-how and and he, he loved wine and and you know wanted to do this so it was you know in in 2021 that's that's not an uncommon story but but in the 70s that was that was something right there weren't there, you know there wasn't like a new winery popping up every week and so you know he he had just built uh Souverain, you know, and and had, had, had done some done some work and was really you know was ready for it, and uh, so Walter got to you know lay out Phelps, and he was the original winemaker at at Phelps, um, and uh, but a little bit of trivia: the first grapes ever crushed at Phelps were uh, Pinot Noir. Wow. Okay. Sorry, I, I didn't ask you the trivia. I just answered my own trivia question. Yeah. Right. But. No. And I was. I was just. I remember. I had a. I had a bottle of 1974 Syrah from Phelps. That was the first commercially produced Syrah put out in the market as Syrah. Because I think they were buying. They were buying. Christian Brothers was buying the grapes and making brandy out of it. Right. Yes. Um, I don't know. If, God, that was a long time ago. How long have we been doing this show? I remember when I had that bottle. I had like a set seventy-four, Ooh, and, then, and those are awesome too. Because yeah, Walter used to. Walter, one of the great things about Walter is that he was very generous with his his wine, um, and so you know I, got, I had the opportunity during my career there to taste a lot of Phelps wines from Walter's cellar. Um, so the first grapes ever crushed there were, were Pinot Noir grapes from the Heinemann Mountain Vineyard, which uh, sadly was 
converted to Cabernet. But uh, anyway, uh, so he, yeah, so Pinot was his, was his thing, and 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 the first thing he did at, at Phelps was Pinot. But uh, in in 1980, they uh, decided to stop making Pinot Noir. You know, market wasn't ready for it. You know, they're sitting on they're sitting on a bunch of older wines, um, and uh, they. It, it it might have been too warm then for Pinot there. It probably was, but uh, but yeah, that that wine was always like super hard when it was young. It was like tannic and and just uh, it was just almost mean. And uh, <laughs> but it but it was great after like five or ten years. Right. So anyway, so they're stacked up on on years and um, this you know even even they're like well, we're we're out. And so Walter's like well I'll pay for the grapes and I'll pay for the winemaking. I just want to make I just want to continue to make a little Pinot Noir. And so he started the shoe label when he was at Phelps, you know, kind of like a side project at Phelps. And again, everybody you turn around to and, you know, in wine country these days is, you know, there's, there's always like the winemaker, they're always having their little side projects and everybody does that these days. But back then that was kind of a a unique thing. Um, and, uh, sorry. That's right. What did you pop there, Bart? Looks like a 07 Syrah. 07 Syrah from from Shug. and I brought that nice. just because I, yeah because I did want to I did want to talk about you know Walter being you know kind of a pioneer um, with Pinot Noir, um, but also with Syrah and as you as you told the the uh, uh, you know first commercial Syrah um, in uh, in California. So which was it's such a trip how I how I got this bottle. It was a, I don't know if you remember this part. My uncle is a, a um, exterminator. And so he had these clients for a really long time, like in Santa Rosa or something. And um, they used to throw parties and they were wine collectors and the husband passed away. And so she said to my uncle one day when he came over doing his job that, hey, if you're interested in wine, I have all this wine. You just need to bring boxes. And my uncle tells me this one day sitting down for lunch. I forget where we were. And I said, what the fuck are we doing here? (laughs) <laughs> what? How many boxes do we need? And we must have we must have taken ten to fifteen cases out of this house, and it was going back into the sixties. One of my favorite wines that I found was a sixty-seven David Bruce Zinfandel. Oh, that's awesome! That was so cool. I was not expecting it to to be good at all. Open that thing up, and it was beautiful. Uh, yeah, but, but one of the yeah. bottles was they had some Joseph, some older Joseph Phelps in there. It was just amazing. Yeah, I love so I love older wine. I mean, having you know worked with Walter, I get it, certainly appreciation for that. And because because he was always generous about sharing that, and he and he had a collection because you know you would have you know people would come and they would give wines and they would get they would get stashed there. And so you know as long as you're willing to open a few bottles, right? Because you know I mean it it happens with older wines and they don't always get stored right. You don't know and you know just you got to be willing to to give it a shot and you know and, and come back to it because some some of those things are they just they really do just blow your blow the doors off you guys. So, so this is from the Ricci Vineyard, so uh, Sonoma Carneros, uh, just down off Rommel Road. Um, I know when I was at Benziger, we used to uh, get a little bit of this also. Of the Syrah or just, or just Ricci fruit? No, we used to get, we got some Syrah a couple years, um, the Syrah Noir and then one of the clonal ones. Yeah, Dale, Dale likes Dale likes putting a bunch of different things up. So yeah, Dale, Dale, they've got a pretty good size vineyard out there. They got Ricci Vineyard One and Two. Do they still have Syrah planted out there? Mm, I would doubt it. I, yeah. I don't think I don't I don't know anybody who's pulled Syrah. I don't I don't I don't think yeah, so. Yeah. Um, but what he does have so so Dale's really cool in that he you know he's always like. Well, okay, I'm I'm growing a, a shit ton of, of Chardonnay and Pinot. Well, that's, what else? What else are we going to go out there? Because you can you can you know you, you get saturated, you know. So he's you know oh put a little Pinot Gris in, more a little Pinot Blanc, and you know, as long as Albarino and um, 
he uh, so he you know he tried Surat you know we had a little a little a little pop for a while but uh, um, it didn't it didn't stick it was, it's, it was a hard sell you know unless you're unless you're a dedicated Syrah right producer right we've talked about it a lot yeah I, I'm sure it is I mean it, it is and it's it's unfortunate because it's so it's so damn good and. But it has to be done. It has to be grown right, though. I mean, I, to me, I think they the people tried to grow it in a lot of places that are too hot. You know, thinking that oh yeah, you, it's going to shrivel up anyway, so you might as well put it, you know. And it's like the acid drops out, and it's you know the pH is four, and you know it's and it's it's just not a balanced it's not a balanced wine when it's in the wrong place. But in a, in the right spot, it's delicious. And uh, I, and I always I liked it. We you know, we weren't making very much, so. Um, but he planted uh, and, and it was fun to make. He uh, he planted Saint Laurent. Which is uh, it's it's like the most widely grown um, grape in like Middle Europe and Czechoslovakia, and it's 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 kind of a cousin to uh, to Pinot Noir. Um, it has a lot of similarities to it. So like Austria just grows a lot of it, um, and Czechoslovakia, all that whole that whole thing. And it's, it's kind of a it's kind of a new uh, hipster wine right now. It's 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 certainly probably made more of an impact in the last 10 years than it did before that right with yeah i mean we always i was i don't know when the when dale when dale first gave it so the first year he like hey so i hate i got this ton and a half of st Laurent. i'm like ah oh, dale i don't want to be now what am i gonna do with that um and because uh, he shows up like with the grapes picked and like hey you know here you go i'm like oh god um but it turned out we liked it and uh so after that, we kind of like okay, let's make a program. Let's you know we'll do an early pick and a late pick. We age it in punchins, and it was it was kind of a you know fun wine to play with in the cellar. Sometimes you know you've got your systems, and okay, you like you know you, we were very efficient. Shug, we, you know we we put a lot of tons through a very tiny facility, and so it was you know because you know when I got there, we were sub ten thousand. Uh, at the high point, we were you know over forty. Um, that's cases everybody was oh, talking about. That's all right. Ten thousand cases to built it up to forty thousand cases. Yeah, and then but then but that was a bit much because then it was just like you weren't really you were you were like making more wine not to not to make money. You're just like you're just trying to feed this beast, and that process, was that was no process. fun. So yeah, exactly. So we started scaling back, and you know it was like I said, it was it was fun and exciting to kind of figure out okay how to, how to you know scale up Pinot production. We made a Sonoma Coast Pinot that was you know that was a that was big and you know. And one of the things I prided myself on is, is that we made Pinot Noir that was, you know, fairly probably, and this was even during the the sideways explosion where, you know, where, where prices for Pinot, you know, went through the roof and we were able to maintain that kind of approachable price point and it still tasted like Pinot Noir. It didn't, ta- it didn't taste of purple. It didn't taste of just sugar. It didn't taste of... You know, it didn't taste of, frankly, Syrah that, that you can see in a, lot, in a lot of those that are our kind of competitor brands. We weren't pulling from the Central Valley. We weren't, you know, pulling from all these places where they could. We were still doing a Sonoma Coast Pinot that was, you know, really about a $25 and, and for the longest time. And, and I, I was very proud of that and the, and the fact that it was so, uh, you know, it was a really, you know, it wasn't really meant to age. You know, we have... Uh, you know, we had these different tiers of wine. So we had the, you know, we had the estate and we had the reserve, which were really kind of the ageable. The estate was a little bit more kind of modern style. The California was classic Shug style, as far as I'm concerned. It was like Walter's style, and that 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 we nurtured. Um, where it's where it's ageable, it's graceful. Um, you know, it's it's delicate, it's lively, it's got you know velvet textures, it's soft. You know, our alcohols were always sub 14, uh, kind of naturally. That's kind of where 
we gravitated with with the vineyards that we work with. And then we had the Sonoma Coast, which you know we, we pulled from a lot of these same vineyards, uh, you know, here in Sonoma Valley. We had a little bit over in, in Petaluma Gap that that went into that, but we were really kind of focused down here. So, yeah. Um, yeah so we so but we we were scaling that back um, and kind of taking that back from forty, and you know, we had we're trying to get it, you know, get it back, you know, in check. So you're so you're actually, you know can help elevate prices a little bit and you're not always just wheeling and dealing and 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 competing with the you know when a big when a big winery wants to come in they just flex their muscles and you know the distributors say yes sir and 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 you know hey you know we want that spot and you know you know shoe's doing it for this we can get it to you this and you know and then the jury they think you know the restaurant's gonna go well you know I got to make a buck, and yeah, I, so I mean, so you get so you really do get you really do get squeezed at that price point, and so it was it was it was it was hard to do that, and uh, I mean the the I'm glad know, we stuck with it for so long. The the salespeople are incentivized to sell things when the distributor needs them to, and um, you know usually it's the smaller winery that pays in that and losing the place on the wine list or the the placement on the shelf. So um, so yeah, it's hard. It's a freaking really competitive business and you know brian knows (laughs) (laughs) i don't (laughs) well yeah i mean as a buyer yes i do yeah yeah. i do i mean you know what i mean when they say when i mean you can tell when someone's got something to sell and you can almost you can almost go hmm is there a magnum in this for them or is it a trip to hawaii (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) that's why yeah for a long time reps weren't just weren't even allowed to drop by in the restaurant you always knew they had some agenda. Right, right. Hey, got yeah, something to show you. Hey, pow, pow, pow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like this. I, so I, I, so this this has kind of got the, the, the richness of Syrah, and it's got, yeah. it's got some, you know. It's got a little meatiness. Little smoked meat, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I love, that's sure. what I love about something. I mean, that's, yep. and that's the kind of thing I could drink all, you know, all night. Beautiful I mean, spice, a little, almost a little bit of black licorice yeah, flavor in 2007, there. totally alive. Yeah. Totally mm. alive. And the, it's so the acidity is great. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that was acid was always a thing with with Walter, and, and that's something that I, I mean. Again, I liked I liked that and, and saw that, and so um, yeah. So it was that was that was that was a, that was a it was a, a fun wine we you know we made for a while. We didn't make too much of it, but that was one thing that Walter was always willing to kind of do was you know to experiment and you know you know bring out things, and you know we had you know various ideas, and yeah, we you know like I did some. We did, you know, I did a product with some skin fermented Sauvignon Blanc, and it really, you know, it was pretty cool. I mean, it went into our, it went into our, you know, our regular blend, but it really, I wouldn't want to do it all, but it was, but it was enough that it, it really did bring a nice edge to the Sauvignon Blanc, and so I really, you know, laid out a good program there. You know, when I was there, there was talk about doing a, a white Pinot Noir, which you know, it was just like up at IPNC kind of that was one of the, someone was doing up there I'm like oh that's not a bad idea you know she was all about the whole spectrum right so we had well a, and then you had a sparkling red wine right yes we do um yeah should we take a break from the heavy, um, heavy things and go into I don't want to do I don't know I don't know the apprentice sparkling but um before we go too deep into this this is uh yeah and then I know Brian has a question for you about a um press release that you guys had the other day that we're hoping that you can speak about because it kind of goes along with all the the trends of the wine industry right now. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna prompt that to him. Okay, well let, let's open up the pet net while we're yeah. while we're um, talking about it. But yeah, I was reading that article and it was I uh, I told Bart I was I was just I guess I was a little bit confused as to exactly what 
the process or regimen was, but it seemed like it was it was about picking grapes earlier in harvest to make some fresh, lively wine. Yeah, so that goes back to the uh, uh, the whole hog farming idea we talked we talked about where we're using everything. Um, and so kind of looking in, you know, and keeping vineyards in balance is, is important. And so, um, you know, you can go, you can go in super early and do a green drop where it's really kind of unusable fruit. But if you wait a little bit longer, and some people have done that for sparkling, um, uh, where you can, where you can go in and, you know, you can take half the fruit from a vine. Right. So, um, and this was, this was with a Chardonnay that was showing not the hard green edge, but you, you're picking, so you're picking at a lower sugar. You know, you're picking at 22, 21 bricks. Um, so the alcohol is naturally lower. And, you know, you don't really you don't really press it heavy. But you take that and, you know, ferment it cold. And we call it thinnings. Um, we'll play on words. But uh, it, it is... So it's naturally lower alcohol. So you've got, you know... We... The first bottling, you know, has has you know the with the serving size facts, the USDA stuff on there. So, you know, this many carbs, this many, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because you can do that because it's a low alcohol wine, and so you can so you can if you're gonna if you're gonna say that. It, uh, and I don't. And what do we? What do you mean in terms of low alcohol? Like, what is it? What is the end? It's like under ten percent. It's like under ten percent. Right. So, so and this is so this is from fruit that normally just you would have dropped and well, it would left have, on the vine. So you could well, you could have left you could have left it on the vine and you you know you you probably could have ripened it, but it's not good for the vineyard, right? So right, right cuz you've got it's just you're going to make that vine work so hard to get it to where the winemakers want it. So you you look at coming in a little bit early, kind of easing the burden on the vine, um, and so taking that fruit. And yeah, you you could do it you could do it earlier and drop it as green you know, hard green berries, or you can do it as it starts to get a little bit ripe, and you can right. and you can you can call that in. Um, so we did a we did it and we, a chardonnay, and it's called we call it thinnings. Yeah, I, um, I mean you know it's probably kind of the same idea if you were doing a verju right like what um yeah uh, so so some people yeah we'll do that but that's a straight that's a juice though. right no no right. i know but i'm just saying i'm trying to kind of give people an idea of like the the timing of it so um you know wh where a green drop you might just go in and say there's just too many clusters on here in july in right. july so let's let's get rid of the clusters that don't make any sense um and but then there's always a, a thinning that goes on you know, before whether you're, um, you know, don't want any bunches to touch each other, or you know, whatever it is, if you time it right, what they're attempting to do or what they're doing, they're waiting until it has enough sugar to make something out of it. But and the vine then, still but, gets a benefit, right? But not stressing right. the vine because. And then the acidity, though, because I was telling Bart, I said I've had I've had juice. I remember doing a tour at Domaine Carneros one time and had had juice um, before it was fermented that they had picked and i was i told bart i said that would remove the inner lining of your stomach yeah it can be it can be well it can be pretty it can be pretty tight especially because if you're at domain carneros we're doing it for sparkling yeah. you know this is it is on the you know crisper sites you know we have the, we <laughs> Did have, you uh, say the crisper side the crisper side of things <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know uh but it's it's always but it's it's uh yeah i mean it's 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 it's, it's tart you know but it's um, and I, I'm not, not saying I, there's anything wrong with that. So, I, 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 yeah. I love acid. So for yeah. me, that's yeah. what intrigued me about it. I'm wondering, like, okay, number one, where do I get it? 
Number two, can I get it tonight? Broadway, <laughs> Broadway Market yeah, yeah. is always the yeah, okay. Broadway Market is okay. pretty. It's pretty. Because I just had never pretty heard pretty of good. anyone doing that before. Yeah, yeah. People, what we do, and you have the things, and, and well, this 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 next wine is. Uh, hey, wait uh, a minute! Your pet nat didn't explode all over the place. Well, I I I I, I talked her down. Okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, Takes a very steady hand. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, a, little, a little release, a little release. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So. Um, so we, we did that with the, with some with the pet nat wine this year. We pulled we pulled some pinot off, which is why it's, it's got a little color. This is uh, this is a pinot and chardonnay. Um, and, you know, and again, it's the same kind of a concept. You can when you let the let the wines, you know, get up a little bit, um, and you know, lower sugar, lower alcohol. You can do all sorts of things with them. So, um, <clears throat> I think one thing that's cool that you guys are doing at La Prenda is that you are like doing this, like. This is kind of a timely release. Like, you know, there's talk of ingredients list and, and the USDA listings on the back and lower alcohol and all those things. And um, uh, and, and you guys are able to pivot and do these things like Pet Nat and um, the cider. I mean, yeah, we're pretty, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty nimble. And, and actually, that's one of the things I really one of the joys I find in, in working with Ned and at La Prenda, you know, is because. You know, you want to try something, you want to do, like, let's go for it. So we're not, you know, we don't have a big estate. We don't have this, you know. You don't have an olive tree line yeah, driveway to the estate. Yeah, where you've got a, you know, you've got a, a you know, a big tasting room. It's, a, you know, a, a testament to your ego. And I got this and I got that. And, you know, and. You do have uh, a new billboard, though, I saw. Oh, it's a nice billboard. Um, but that is, uh, you know, we, you know, at, at, at most, well, actually, so we uh, we did just sign a lease on a, on a downtown tasting room to have this. Uh, uh, Outlet, you know, we want to be in the 1600 neighborhood, you know, um, next to the Red Grape, taking over, oh, taking uh, over uh, um, BR Con. Mr. Con- yeah. No, Bruce, Bruce uh, not, Con. Uh, not BR Jeff, Con. Jeff Con. Jeff Sorry. Con. Wait a minute, that's breaking news. It is. Breaking. Oh, you didn't know this? It is breaking no. news. That that has been that has been signed. They're moving. So, they're moving to Healdsburg or Windsor, North County. Yeah, he's and then he moved his winemaking operation to. Um, I thought he was in Santa Rosa. No, he's moved to Windsor. Windsor, that's yeah, it. Yeah, and the tasting oh. and the tasting room is is in in downtown. Wow. Okay. Uh, Good for Hillsburg. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's funny, funny though. The print is funny a that we funky. just <laughs> right. It's it's funny that we just talked to him a couple weeks ago on the show, and he he was zippered mouth and. Well, and he and, calls me every other day. I don't remember him saying <laughs> right, anything right, about exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but congratulations to Laprenda for for taking over that space. Yeah, it'll be it'll be good. I mean, so you know, for us, we just need to have you know, it'd be nice to actually when we when we have it a distributor or store come out, we like. When we do it at La Prenda, it's like at the shop with the tractors driving by right. underneath the oak trees, and you know, and there's dust, and you know, it's 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 kind of hard to to talk business when when you can't hear over the you know the diesel engines rumbling up. Right. So it's going to be um, harder for me to get my wine back in red grape, though. Well, you know, competition. You know, Guido knows uh, knows the family. So. Wait, and you, are you guys keeping that little glass? The glass. There's a little room, right, that we did the podcast in that was sort of right. The glass, the glass in room. We're, we're willing to rent, rent that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Offer. So uh, they, uh, yeah. So that. So I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why we have it. So like, hey, we can use that for a meeting there, or we can we can yeah. do this, and you know, and and Guido's our Guido Mernig's our our sales guy, uh, and it'd be nice for him to have uh, a spot. So this 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 pet Nat came came up because it's like you know Guido's like well you know you know he, he was always he's always he's he's younger you know these kids today, but they're like hey let's do the the, the pet Nat thing and and so. Wait. Yeah, so is this your first pet Nat? Yes. Ah. And cool. and and had you made pet nap before? No. 
I mean, you're like an old time winemaker, Mike. How do you, how do you, how do you, you gotta keep, keep up, keep keep up with the kids? And so it's, it's, it's there's, there's a bunch of sediment in the bottom, so don't shake it up too much. But, uh, you know, you just, you ask around and you, uh, you look and you, you talk, you talk no, to people and you, and you give it a shot. So and I like this a lot. So this is a, a label on that so we call this the f2020 um it's a it's an old uh, f-150 pickup but uh, it's got a customized license plate that says f2020 um and it is uh it's yeah f2020 sh- sh- folks yes and it's <laughs> uh, yeah i mean we kind of went with this this kind of a little more uh hip label there um and it's been pretty well received we're we are almost sold out of that but i've got number two in the chamber um which is 100 percent pinot and that is uh we're referring to it as a cadillac of pet nat so you can imagine what the label will be on that so that was uh we're thinking we're thinking boss hog so um <laughs> as an ode to guido um Anyway, so yeah, but I like it. It's it's good, but but it's a fun. It's, it's an easy. It's a it's a great concept, and uh, you know, it's a you know traditional method, and and you know, it's it's fun in in, in town. You know, Ned has great relationships. Guido's got great, great relationships, and so our wines have a good have, have a good presence in town. Um, you know, Sonoma's best uh, picked this up, and Broadway Market had it, and you know, we sell a lot of wine at, at uh, Sonoma Market, and. You know, there's a lot. There are a lot of places. That, you know, and and you know, Swiss Hotel you know, has you know certain. We have a we have a pretty broad range of wines, and so you know, Della Santinas has the Fifth Hill, and and mm-hmm. uh, La Haye had the Fifth Hill, and you know, you see like the Sonoma Collection. You you see it, uh, uh, the Swiss, and and we're using our 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 nine five four seven nine five four seven six uh, Zen Rosé. Um, the Sunflower Cafe is using that for uh, Frosé. But you know what? People are drinking it. Right. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Great. Go. 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 Um, I haven't. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to go down and spend an afternoon there, sampling. Right. <laughs> so, can, um, I kind of want to circle back to La Prenda and it's tasting good. When someone, it is. like, w- when you guys approach someone or if someone approaches you and says, "Hey, we want you to farm." Um, we want you to do vineyard management on our property. You guys, you must, so you do just that for some people where you're just taking care of the grapes. And then for some people, you're actually making wines off their property. Right. Right. And so how to, like, what is that conversation like? What are, it's, you know, it depends on the client, right? So one of the things, you know, cause sometimes, so we will farm for clients. Sometimes we will just lease the land outright. Like, Hey, you've got this. And, and Ned said, you know, you know, Ned's been doing this long enough. He can, you know, kind of like the rain man just da, 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 and then says, yeah, okay, we can, we can, you know, and we can, we can lease this and we can, we can make this work. And, um, so, I mean, they're, what they're doing, Brian, is they're guaranteeing the owner a certain amount of income off their property without any of the headaches when, when they lease the property. That, and that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering what that conversation is like, where it's, you know, let's say it's someone that, that wants to make, you know, the, they wants to have a hundred point wine, and they're like, "No, we we're we're think we're going to bring in Philippe Melka, but we we want someone to do right. vineyard management." Or is it people that say, "Hey, we bought this property, we don't know much about 
um, growing grapes. You know, we want to bring you guys in, and then can you guys sell it for us? And then you guys that's sell what, it that's, to yeah. sell it to someone else. Or at what point do you go? You know what this this block of Grenache is killer. Let's let's make a wine out of this. And so then you go back to them and say, okay, actually we're going to buy it. And this is the price. We, that we're we so for. sometimes we so that's that's a, that would be a fifth hill project if we said, hey, we we really love this wine. We want to we want to you know take a couple tons and do that for us. Usually the way the conversation goes, so you know, Ned is very you know fact based. Like look at it, am I gonna you know am I gonna be able to farm this effectively? And you know, labor is a huge issue. And one of the things that Ned went to early on and is very adept at is uh, mechanized farming. So whether that's you know pre pruning or hedging or harvesting. Um, we look at, at ways to effectively farm and you know if you're if your farming costs are, are through the roof and you're you know you're not getting the the, the tons to, and the price to support that it doesn't it doesn't make any sense and so so we do look at you know look do look at fields that are you know if they have to be you know manicured to you know and, and manually weed whacked you know that's not really what Laprenda does. You know that's not that's not a judgment on the quality of the grapes at all. It's really about you know on the on the the dollars and cents of it. If you know it's like you know uh, great you're gonna you know if you're gonna if you're gonna be if you're, if you're you know you're paying you know eight thousand dollars a ton for which which may be great grapes but you know it could, could just be your average you know sonoma valley grape you know and, I, I, and and god forbid you're growing merlot or something you know it's like where where you're just you know you no matter I, I, no matter how much you manicure it and no matter you know there's only there are only so many 75 dollars merlot programs out there that that can support uh you know mountain grown Merlot, um, that is, you know, that is, you know, a manicured vineyard, right? So, I mean, I, th I think something that's important to say here is that, um, that, that, that you guys farm how many acres? It's like 1200, 1200 acres. I mean, that, that's a sizable amount. And, and some of them are, uh, you guys farm Ramsgate, correct? No longer, but no they, longer. They, sorry, they, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> um, but 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 they farm, you know, places for people that are for their own programs. Yeah. Um, they, so 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 Ned, so Laprenda Laprenda farmed and still farms Shug, right? Yeah. There so. you go. So so um, uh, Ned used to say to me, you know, it, it, we can do whatever you want. It all depends on what your program is. So if you have, if you want something and you want it to be a $75 Merlot and you think that property is going to be it and you have standards, that they'll farm it that way for you if you sign the contract. But you also have to be prepared to pay for it, you know. And, and, and that's not typically what they're set up to do. There's Typically they're more focused on farming, um, uh um, using whatever mechanicalized and efficient ways that th they can. Right. But now I'm going to do this again. Are you guys still um, farming Bartholomew Park? Yes. And that's an organic 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 vineyard. So they're doing that now. They adapted. They took over that farming. Um, probably uh, from they took over that organic farming. But but they're able to do it and um, and 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 that is for a different yeah. sort we've of got, program. Yeah. And we'll and we'll dedicate and we'll dedicate someone. You know, one of our supervisors. Guy, or irrigation guys will be going out there and checking on things and 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 spending more time on the ground than what normally would right right because that's what that's what it demands yeah so when you so when you go to Laprenda you're I mean you're hiring them for you know 
Ned's expertise on the on the vineyard side and the, and the people and the team that works for him, and then getting back to our the, the original statement, you know, about the you know we're full service. You get you you now you've got a winemaker, and so if I need to, you know, if if so if. If we can sell your 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 grapes as grapes, great. And and but they're like for example, this year Sauvignon Blanc, we've got a big contract for Sauvignon Blanc from the 2021 vintage. So the buyer came in, looked at the field, says, "Okay, great. Um, we want you to make this into wine, and we will buy it in you know December of 21." And so it's on me to then make sure that, that wine makes a standard. This is, this actually gets back to what Walter was doing at Gallo, right? You've got like, you're, you're basically, it's, 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 it's definitely tilted towards the winery because the winery isn't bearing any, bearing, bearing any risk. Um, but the, but the, but the grower is. And so we will, we'll do that, you know, um, but if someone, so for example, we can we can see Thornton Ranch up there, and we've uh, you know we sell a lot of that Pinot to some some really great producers. There's there's you know there's a little bit left, and uh, the family would like to have some of their own wine, and so they say, hey, we're interested, you know, uh, we're interested in having you know, 75 cases, 100, you know, whatever cases of this. So I go down. Okay, we're gonna take. You know the, the five rows from you know block eleven, and we'll take we'll take six rows up on on block six. We'll bring that in, and they get the they get the royal treatment. We're not doing this for Fifth Hill, but we're doing it for the for the family. And so what we do then is we make the wine for them, and they get their however many cases that they want for whatever reason that they want. And again, through the Laprenda umbrella, we also take it one of these bottles would take so that's that's from up there and we will we will sell that from them and then as we as we sell that you know right now are you calling out thornton ranch on that or are you just leaving it as um yeah um I mean, it, we, that, we, so we, we 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 do for them, uh, but but because it, it, you know at this point Thornton Ranch isn't like a right known vineyard. Um, this is right, just Carneros Pure Thornton. Yeah, yeah, so it's Carneros yeah. Bottling. Also, the highest point in Carneros. Uh, it, it I, I don't is, yeah. I don't think I don't think anything higher is higher than that. It's a, and it's a beautiful vineyard too when you when you're up there because it's got it's got a view very similar to yours. Wild, Wild Cat Mountain's not higher mm. than that. That's uh, a good point. I mean, I, we're I think, at about 800 feet here, so that's got to be in a thousand. So that's you guys are talking about the grapes that we see right there on the yeah, hill. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. That there's block 12. Um, Man, what a so that's a, what a pretty sight. So, so I guess Wildcat Mountains probably probably is lower. Than it's that. yeah. I don't know. Um, Wildcat's not that high. It's, it, yeah. it really isn't because it just having 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 ridden having ridden ridden it on a bike. It's like uh, you know, it's it's a pretty. It's like it's a it's a pretty short climb. It kind of kind of rolls. Um, it kind of appears to be higher, but but it is. I mean, even as if we just look down valley, we can see that it's probably not. So yeah, silly me, silly silly. Mm. All right, this is awesome. Um, well, you want to taste that? You want to taste something else? I mean, we're I mean, we're getting kind of long in the tooth. I'm I, you know I, I can I'm happy to sit there and long taste in the drink. tooth. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go we're gonna go two two plus hours right now. Um, no, I, so let's let's do this. What um, what's going on in? What do you see going on in the vineyard right now? Give us your little. You know, you've been out, I imagine, a little bit. Um, what are some fun things that you guys might be doing this year um, for harvest? 
um fun I mean, and, and what's going on oh, so it's weird i mean it's at the growing season it's 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 picked up but there's i i, I think we're still kind of seeing the uh a correction the, the vines are kind of correcting themselves we've you know it, it's it, it it was hot we had no rain and so you're seeing a lot of uh we're seeing some short shoots and you know crop is gonna you know balancing the crop load is is important this year and so you know I mean, we may not even we may not do a th- like a thinnings this year because it's like you don't have well, we don't really have the grapes, but but also I think we want to get it off before the vines are stressed, you know. So it kind of defeats the purpose if you if you stress your vine out and then you pull it off. So right. So I don't know. There, there remains to be seen. You know, maybe, maybe there might be some blocks that that lean towards that. So I would say that the uh, the economy is healthy. Like we, you know, there were a couple of years ago, like so getting you know selling Sauvignon Blanc was a challenge this year. Like I said, we're sold out of Sauvignon Blanc. Pinot, you know, is another one that is we're we're. I guess you ask more about farming, but it, I mean, but it is. It is I mean, economically, right. it's you know, Pinot's been a tough sell a couple of years. It's just because there's been so much of it. Uh, we you know came off a couple of really huge huge harvests, and it was a big pill to swallow. And then the economy, blah 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 blah, and uh, you know. Pinot is is coming back. I mean, it's not. Do you think it's um, how much of that has to do with the fact that there was stuff not picked last year? Um, yeah, that was that was. I mean, that was that was a. I mean, that was a factor, and yeah. and, and, and a lot of things. I mean, helping this 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 big correction. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I and I think people were very hesitant at first, you know, to and, and committing, and then, you know, the. the the pandemic and this right. and that. I mean, yeah. I mean, everybody was so uncertain and all over the place, and so, yeah. so it's nice to see people kind of being back and and it, you know, I think this year's harvest is going to be kind of on the modest on the modest side. So I, we're gonna we're gonna work on uh, you know refining the cider. We'll do we'll we'll do the pet nap because it was because it was fun, um, you know. I don't know where the where where we're gonna get a wild hare and 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 take well, off yeah, and take. You guys take talking off about a whole hog, so so venturing into Piquet at some point, <laughs> you know, use up all that must. Yeah, well, we, we, we're talking Make about Make some grappa. We're talking about getting a still. Yeah, exactly. That that still would be the next the next thing for us. Yeah, we're yeah doing doing. You guys a, doing seem a wash. much more like a still crew than a grappa oh, yeah, crew. Yeah, like, Guido, Guido's been talking about a still forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, yeah cooking. Cooking, <laughs> cooking grappa. Um, yeah, so that that would be something. I mean, that, and then again, that's the great thing about Ned. It's like you know, if you, if you if you if you can put it together, you know, he's he's happy to he's happy to uh, to su- support you in that yeah. in that type yeah. of thing. That's awesome. Um, um, so a question for you. So Mike, when are we going back to France? You know, it's been twenty one years. Jesus. Can you believe that it's been 21 years since we went on that trip? That's what blows me away. That was a good one. Uh, that was a good one. Um, wait, who, who were you guys working for? Why were you together? It, it was, was our it was our own gig. It was just uh, you know, again in the era of faxes and whatnot. No, I'd uh, we'd we'd we you know I'd have, we I used, you know so we used to get a lot of interns at at, at Shug and and uh, you know had connections and I had been to a conference at Davis and you know so this guy from Chablis and. You know, you know the open invitation, and hey, let's 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 come. And so we, we put together this 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 trip, and uh, we rented a uh, we rented a house. You know, again pre Airbnb, blah 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 blah. You know, it was just like hey, we found this 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 place, um, and and rented out, and and basically told friends like hey, show up, 
here will be there for a week and i've got appointments and we had made some nice appointments you know through the you know, sister city of uh, sonoma shambo muzini so we had um uh our friend jeff made an made an appointment through you know th- you know through the sister city network um who uh, I, I had done something, and I had, like I said, there was a guy in Chablis, and I had some some other kid who had, who uh, who had applied as as an intern, and, and it didn't work out. And I helped him, I helped him find a job up in Oregon. He so he invited us, and so we had these you know these appointments. And I did some stuff through barrels, and you were you were you headed off south. You went to the Rhone. Afterwards. Well, so so I was there when we were all in Burgundy together. I was there for the whole time. And then when you guys went, when you guys, when you went to Germany, I, I, yeah, I Jeff off to and Germany. Liz were supposed to go to like Turkey, yes. but ended up staying in France and I ended up meeting back up with them in Paris, but I went down to the Rhone right, um, and met up with a, met up with, um, a couple guys and we were kind of on the co-brand tour. So when you guys oh, went to right. Chablis, I went and saw Jacques Lardier. Um, nice. So we kind of splintered and we kind of came together and we had epic meals. Oh my god, that was so good. Um, we had probably yeah, one they of t- the they, best. They, they, they took us. They took us to. Uh, they, they, they in Shimon was neither. There's only you know, one restaurant. It was closed, so we had to go to the village next door. You know, village next door. And so like the the mayor takes us to to, to lunch, and you know. You know the all the all the old people in town are there, and you know one guy's nodding off, and you know, nobody. You know they they all speak French, and we speak English, and and, there's, and we didn't cross streams, and it was. Uh, but it was, oh, the food was so good, and that truck stop. The, yeah, I was gonna say one day we spent way too much time at in the in the cellar, and we went to a truck stop for lunch, and it. I mean, it was phenomenal. Yeah, it was you know the pre the, the three course prefix meal was yeah. like you know blood sausages, uh, yeah, a little a little a little salad, and uh, it was it was pretty good. It was across from the the winemaking store too, which was great because I mean these days you can you can go in and there are winemaking stores in Napa and whatever, and you can you know you can get cute little tanks and small small pumps, but they're like yeah you you walk in and you you pull up with your truck and you can throw a couple of you know couple hundred 250 gallon tanks on the back and, and I, I have all these pictures of like winemaking tools that we'd never or at least i'd never seen in california i was like i don't want one of these i don't want one of these um yeah that was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun so yeah yeah I, I, I gotta go I'm, I'm ready to travel again but i gotta go back for a bike i'm gonna go to spain again there you go Portugal, maybe. I'm retiring to Portugal. That's my officially announcing now. There you go. <laughs> Make it happen. Well, Mike, thank you very much. This has been awesome. Yeah, um, clearly we didn't even, and I feel bad because we didn't really even get into tasting a lot of the La Prenda wines. I, you know, have there's this wine that's like, it's like actually half half a Bart Park. Uh, ooh, there, I mean, we that, could open one you know, more thing here. We got a little bit of time. You know, we got the we, have the we Thor- close it we, out. We have the Thornton Ranch Pinot. We got we have this. This is kind of the uh, the inheritor to my to my stuff I was doing at, at Shoe with the Sonoma Coast. This is, uh, it's Thornton Ranch and also a little vineyard up in, on Sonoma Valley. I've got Malbec, which we have a pretty good, we have a great Malbec vineyard there on, on Napa Road. I got 17 Cab. We got 18 Merlot. So, oh yeah, the other thing is we do, uh, you know, our little slogan that you see on the Pet Nat, that's wine, wines for lunch, right? With the, with the Sonoma Connection, the Pet Nat is wines for lunch too. But, you know, it is that, that you know, it, at Shug and some of that, that Walter, we, we you know we're kind of looking at at you know lower alcohol wines and you know I don't I don't like need a big hammer right you know I don't need I don't need you know people always like well it says fourteen five on the label well I'm like yeah well like, like that means it could be up to sixteen and um, you know. Uh, 
I don't enjoy that, and I like I like tasting the, the fruit, and you know, yeah. and I like opening multiple bottles too. So you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, and, and you know, I don't want to feel like, geez, I had one glass, and I'm I'm like, Jesus. So um, I don't know. What do you want? Uh, Merlot. I'm voting for okay. Thornton Ranch, and so since I'm staring, staring at the at vineyard it. right now, right, well, let's do that. And this is one, like I said, we did this for the. Uh, where's where's that fa- where's that fancy opener? Oh. Can't make me use this one. I have to compliment Brian's corkscrew. It is it is a, a thing of beauty. I am, it really it I really is. Throwing then, all props to Joel Burt from Las Haras because I saw his, and then once I saw his, I had to have one. And my wife allowed me to spend the money that it takes to purchase one of those things. Yeah, but, that, the blade is not to be trifled with. Yeah, oh, look at that. that's nice. But what's cool is you see how on the top there they've actually got a little tool that if your if your screw gets loose, then you take it out. You just replace it. Or you can send it back you to Australia. You can't give me a, a straight line like that when you're screwing me. Like, my screw's been loose for you. Come on. I'm, I'm of the age where I'm going to start making dad jokes. So, you know, it's like, Jesus, that's not fair. Yeah, that's a, and that's a, that's a serious worm, too. I mean, yeah. it's like, you know. Right, and it's it, not a two-stepper because you don't need it. It's weird how you find out that you don't need that if you have a, oh, a good opener. Open. Yeah. Yes. Like butter. This makes for great radio or podcasting. Right. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> the sound of a cork opening. Right. <laughs> we've got. We've been pretty good about dead air. You know. Um, it, it always seems longer when you're when you're here, and then when you does. hear the show, you're like, yeah, you don't notice it. Um, well, you know, there's, I'll start, there's, there's, natu- there's natural breaks. In yeah. radio. I'll and start yeah. out with the shout outs while while you're opening this. Last night I was on. Um, Instagram live with uh, MJ Toller, the black wine guy. Oh, experience. I totally forgot to ask you about that. Yeah, it, it, we had a great time. But like the first two minutes, I think we were both excited to, to, to talk. We were just like talking over each other. And so there was like several parts of like dead air, kind of weird silence. But um, but it, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We're trying to working on how we're going to get him out here. We think what we need to do is we need to have a big winery fly him out here. <laughs> and then we just manipulate all of his time when he's here. <laughs> exactly, run it, run it all. Well, it's a, well so it's a it's a lighter you know. it's a, it's a lighter color, but I. Um, I, I was going to say, but, I think Gallo is our. Uh, why don't we get them out there saying that we're that he's going to go up uh, to Monteroso? Right, right, right. And then we and then we get to go up to Monteroso. Right. And then and then we just say okay, ciao. And right. then we then he spends the rest of the week with us. Right. I think that's a that's a great idea. I got I got to hook up on it. Say there you go. There's a plan. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know what? Uh, light color does not bother me. Um, it just says that there's well, one thing it confirms is that there's no Syrah in it. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I just I just released recently my um, my Grenache from Rossi. And I look at it and I'm like, oh, the color's kind of light. And I'm like, but it's, you know, Grenache and there's no Mouvet or Syrah yeah. in it. And, you know, and, and it, you wouldn't know that by tasting it. And this is the same thing. It's got good, it's got good strength. It's very, it's very silky. So that was, that was something that I, that I always kind of looked for. Um, and so when we, when we did this, uh, you know, it's, it's a small, like I said, it's a five barrel lot. And, and you know, it's, we don't. It's not. It's not a lot, but it, it, it you know it makes the client happy. And I mean, uh, and, and to be fair here a little bit, th- this is some of these wines you you had to adopt. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you've been with 
um, Laprenda for. I started January 1, 2020. So kind of like you know, I started working. So Alex was their uh, right. was their uh, previous winemaker, right. and um, I mean he was more on a consulting basis. Um, but it had gotten to the point where it was a full time gig, and it was just it, he's got uh, you know he's got his hands full with yes, a lot of other projects. Yeah. So, um, so you got to be excited to. Yeah, and then yeah. Last year it was a little a little rough, obviously. Yeah, twenty twenty was it was was interesting. We uh, you know, it was it was fun. So, so you know again because we we sell bulk wine and we sell shiners. All that that market was was nuts because anything that was like good and clean like. We and no one's no one's picking no one's picking smoke. So like, whap, and that, that do, all do you away. want do you want to talk about that a little bit about your experience last year during all that? And I mean, you guys you guys weren't saying nope, just let it sit and rot. You guys were trying to react to it. And... Well, to to a certain so you know again in, in service of our clients, uh, you know Ned has always been an advocate of crop insurance, right? You know, it's like you should you you carry crop insurance because. Shit like that happens, right? I mean, no, nobody could. I mean, nobody could predict. Uh, well, actually, we can predict. We know we know it's going to burn every year. It seems, but you know, you know, it was it was it was awful, and it was it was it was it was hard, and and you know, I mean, smoke taint's a, a real thing. It's not in everything, and so you know, I'm, I'm scared of I'm scared of it because I think a lot of people are going to. Um, so, as a as a winemaker, I've spent 30 years putting smoky toasty flavors into wine and now those exact same flavors people are like ah, you know they snap their head back and it's you know it's got smoke it's funny got way smoke. of looking it's, at it's got, it it's got smoke i never taint. thought about it like that they're the You're same right. compounds and and now smoke taint is something different smoke taint is that ashtray and it's it's god awful and when you and we it's it's like pornography you know uh, i know smoke taint when i see it or when i taste it it's it's that's it's that's that's smoke and that and and, there, and there's and there's a difference and uh, you know, so so we had we had insurance, and so you know, Ned early on jumped on it like, hey, if we've got you know, if we've got any kind of if there's any kind of question, you're carrying insurance, so get the test, submit the claim, and then we're done, and right, we don't have to worry about it. Now we did a couple of clients that that you know didn't you know, didn't have the they were new or this or that, you know. And so you know, so so you you learned about things, and and I mean, I we uh, I do I did this this one. It was god awful, and I, it, and it, I mean, it smelled like unagi. It was like this weird soy smoky. I was like, oh god, um, yeah. But um, and then you know, there were a couple other things that that you know didn't really you know that, that like the numbers were low and whatnot. We have, and we have you know these base numbers. But um, we found that what's what's really effective, or there are there are several treatments. But actually, if you put in clean yeast, so like so so yeast from another fermentation that's clean, it actually is a magnet to toxins. And so you can it, it, so and I did this with Walter. We would um, you know he always called it freshening up you know wine. So if you had like an old wine that had that had some issues, you put in you know x gallons of of clean yeast from the next vintage and it, it actually just pulls a lot of that stuff out it's actually it's the way people when they when you get a stuck fermentation a, a fermentation where the yeast don't want to go anymore this will actually you know pull out some toxins and give the next the, the then you can re-inoculate and hopefully get your stuck fermentation to go through um so that that's actually really effective at at, at as, a, as a smoke treatment and so it's got it's gotten better you know so you know we made we made a little bit we made you know 
some some wines um and when you look at the we actually went through and did and did tests on 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 like hey here's our here's our 15 that's pre-fires here let's get a number and you know you've got xyz in there and then you're like well here's our 2020 wine it's also got xyz ergo you know you can't say and, and we're treating it the same you can't say that that, that they're, they're smoke but again when you taste it you know it right so you right. so everyone is really obsessed with these these smoke numbers you can go to ets and they and they are they are great because they're they're a they're a predictor of of smoke taint but they don't mean you have smoke taint does that make sense yeah. so it's a problem with science sometimes like you, you know, we can all get these these numbers but whether those numbers translate to what's in your glass and what you're tasting yeah, what are you actually experiencing you, you, right you know yeah. so 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 it's different and like i said so the, the, and then some of those those flavors mimic you know Poor, again, poor Syrah. There, I mean, Syrah has these high levels of these numbers. You know, if if you if you grew up on an island in the middle of the the, the Pacific, you would, you would you would still have those numbers, right. you know, with with fresh air. Right. So, yeah. So people people are obsessed with that right now, and, and it's you know, so it's it's a challenge. I mean, you know, it's so again as we're as we're a bulk seller we're like hey can we get your smoke numbers i'm like okay, well it doesn't do any good, but uh, you sure here you can have that because like the wines taste great. And they are not smoky, um, but again, and, and you know, it was funny the, the smoke thing. The first time I came across that was uh, Byron uh, Kosuge uh, mm-hmm. when we were up in, uh, and I think he was getting wine from Santa Lucia or something. And uh, it was up at uh, before IPNC. There's a tech conference on either end of it uh, called Steamboat, and it's a uh, you know the the only rule is you have to be in production and you can't um, and you can't you can't even be a vendor uh, like you can't sell you can't be a person who sells barrels or then you can only only be a and you, and you open sp- conversation open conversation you bring you bring a, you know, the idea is to bring a flawed wine so they in the old days they used to shame you if you brought a good wine right like we, no nobody and and actually over the years it's kind of become more like oh I don't, I'm I don't, you know no one ever wants to admit doing wrong in the early days everyone was like what the fuck are we doing and uh, you know yeah, and, and there have been some awful wines, and you know, from some pretty f- famous. I, mean, I remember ex winery who, uh, yeah, he and his wife, they were kind of they were starting to go commercial, and they brought this just like, I mean, classically messed up wine. It was like you know, sweet and VA, and this, and it was just it was it was it, it high pH and green, and it was like I can't even fucking my mouth i don't want to drink it and uh yeah and and you know they've gone on to be extremely successful of sold you know i'm like oh what did I, you know so it, it was uh i don't know how i got oh, so i tasted uh, so byron had brought this wine and i was like wow that smells like francois frere barrels and he's like well it's smoke taint and i'm like uh, and he was he was so obsessed i'm like it's actually pretty nice because well i think it's smoke taint i'm like and he had these he had this whole experiment of where he was of different treatments and this and that and, and I'm like like I like that one and you know it was like a very, it was like a minimal treatment but like uh, yeah it's 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 been around it's, it's going to be around and and now everybody's so hypersensitive to it and so it's like you know we're going to look at the Psalms and when, when people were, were trying to sell and we're we're trying to sell in the 2020s and, and you know there's going to be all sorts of crinkled noses and people shaking their head and. You know, some of that's going to be an excuse because they don't want to have to buy the wine. They want to deal with you. So they're going to be like, yeah, yeah, smoked, you know, 2020 and, and, and kind of discount it. But, you know, I think there are good wines out there and, and you just got to appreciate what's in the glass and, and actually look at the wine as its own self 
you know, within the context of the 2020 vintage, but you need to, you know, again, taste the wine, what's in there and what, and what do you like? See, and that's the, the problem is that it's not even, so you can bring a wine to me from 2020, a red, and I'll say, oh, this is delicious. The problem is, and this is what happened in, you know, 2010, is that I, I had some, I don't know if it was McPhail or something, I had some 08 um, Pinots from Anderson Valley. Mm-hmm. And so you'd get people that would come in, they'd be like, oh, that's a smoked egg wine. Yeah. And, and so you don't even have an opportunity to educate people or to recommend something. They automatically discount it as a, a flawed wine. And so that's why you'll see people probably turn down. They won't even want to taste the wine. They'll say, you know what, it's, it's just an issue of me. If I'm not there yeah, actually I mean, ha- talking to people, having that conversation, then, it, then it's going to sit on the wine list. I'm going to have to hand sell it. And, totally. Know, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, mean yeah, yeah, like I get the, the realities of it. So, yeah. yeah so, the, I think they're, they're, so for people who are open-minded, there's going to be a lot of good opportunities out there for, for good quality wines. You know what I was thinking is that, you know how Opus does Overture, which is mm-hmm. a, a blend of two different vintages, sometimes three different vintages, I think. That maybe that's something you could do from, for, for like, you could take... 19 or 21 and just incorporate and do you know um some sort of some sort of blending with it and just don't have can, a can we not mention that to ned no i'm just kidding <laughs> no uh so no only because we've done that before ned we, doesn't we, listen to podcasts yeah. no he's, he's like what are you gonna be on tonight he kept thinking it was a radio show i, was, I know uh but uh <laughs> just kidding Ned. Uh, i'm not he, i saw him and he says hey you can have mike on the radio show next week on the old box, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the thing is, he's younger than me, so uh, it's uh, no. So, so we've 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 done that. Uh, we did that with, with seventeen wine, right? Seventeen first year, of the, you know, and you know, and there was that kind of a little bit of you know, and you know, things. Non vintage is a pain in the ass to sell. So you know, it, it really. But, but if everyone's in the same boat, then you know, I don't know. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's fine. I think you know, I mean you just do some marketing. I mean it is. I mean if it makes a better wine, it makes sense. But you know, I think non-vintage wines you still have to hand sell, and you know, and because people don't get it, right? It's like, well, here's the dirty little secret: you sell it by the you put it on a BTG program because then no one really even looks at the. I mean, I can right. have the wrong vintage on my by the glass list, and no one says anything. They're just getting a glass of wine delivered to the table. Right. Yeah. I, I, I just recently witnessed this. I was in a wine shop and someone was looking for uh, a very inexpensive red wine because um, their friends always, they were going to their friends and their friends, you know, have a lot of nice wine, but they never open up those wines. And so they wanted to bring something um, just simple and, and easy. And the salesperson suggested a bottle of non vintage um, Shebang from uh, right, Bedrock. Right. Morgan, yeah. Oh, nice! Um, uh, yeah, and 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 a nice wine, and and she she just couldn't. It took her a while to get behind the fact that it was not vintage dated. Like <laughs> like she said, well, I know the producer, and they do a good job, and the price is very reasonable. And um, it just took a few minutes to get her to you know get on board with the fact that it have, didn't have a vintage on it. And the fact is, is you know you really couldn't tell by looking at it unless you were looking for the vintage. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, so we have we have done that in years. You know the, you know the, the first year we did thinnings, we just we just left it off intentionally. You know, even though it was a vintage wine, we just left it off, right? Because that was you know the, the idea was because we're looking at by the glass and with the with the with the the an eye to the future of you know like well you just you know you just do it and then it you know it kind of solves problems. But we've done that with reds. We did you know here and there. We've we've done it. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's it is. I mean, you're right. It's 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 a good point. But again, people have to be open to it, and right. and so you're so you're if it's if you start to be open to it, you you know you you are you're still getting into the hand sell territory. Yeah. So, I just the older I get, the more. I guess less snobby I get about wine and I've, we were talking earlier and I said I was going to out myself we were talking about pouring some wine over ice or something um, but I, I'll actually do that at home after, after work sometimes I'll have a vodka soda in a mason jar with ice I'll finish it and then I'll, I'll open up a bottle of wine I'll pour it right, o- pour it right over the ice Yeah, you can and, this be, could, and this could be a nice wine yeah you can, you can, you can be less you know, pretentious so I used to, I used to, you know, furl my brow or whatever at these older ladies that would come in and order a side of ice with their wine. And now I look at them like, good for you. Yeah, there's, there's a wife, of, there's a wife of a grower in town here, and and you know, like Chardonnay on ice. And you know what? Great, do it. You know, great. And, and, and pour, you know, pour your drink. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's 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 supposed to be refreshing. Yeah, right? well, so, I'm, I'm supposed to tell you how to drink exactly what temperature to drink your wine and what glass to drink it out yeah. of. I mean, Mike, you remember at that truck stop. There was no wine list. They brought us out a carafe, or it wasn't even a carafe. I think it was a, a Magnum bottle with yeah. no cork in it and no label of red and white for us. And most likely, it was both Burgundies yeah. of some sort. Maybe it was Village based, but we drank it and we didn't even question what it was. Yeah, no, you should, yeah, you enjoy it and, and relax. Right. Yeah. So the same thing with our with our that rosé of Zin with that with as a frosé. I'm like, I would have I would have cringed, you know. Even five years ago, if, if someone said they were making a frosé out of one of my wines, you know. But you know what? Fuck it. You know, it's like that, that again. More people are drinking it. It's great. And so, uh, that, and, and the fro- and the frosé color, it looks really good. I'm right. like, so I, I, every time I see it, they, when they post it on Instagram, I'm like, oh, it looks so good right now. Like, especially when we have that hundred degree. degree I'm gonna do that next week. We got two of those slushy machines, and the our director of operations wanted so we had uh, it was so we had something for the kids to drink out at the pool and i'm i kept staring at this thing because all the recipes for this stuff that i was buying for the slushy machine it was it was it's basically made for doing um cocktail slushies but we were doing it for kids and so and you know this was her idea well she just left the other day so now i get to the first thing i'm going to do is make a frosé yeah Um, because out at the pool i mean if you were here on sunday or monday it was 90 degrees out mm-hmm. there and drinking a frozen that sounds good to me yeah so that so that so that we have with the rosé pinot which is kind of like lower alcohol you know kind of a delicate classic rosé pinot but then the rosé of zin it's a little riper it's more of a like you know it's not saignet but it's more it's it, we'd have the grapes were, were riper to begin with so it's, the, the alcohol is you know so it, like it makes sense like you put yeah. that on and i'm like it's because i the only time i like to drink it is is ice cold and like well, well, you know, it's like what's you know, what's yeah, colder than ice? ice. <laughs> <laughs> You're as cold as ice. So anyway, <laughs> all right, Brian, any shout outs? Uh, I guess not. I mean, I'm excited about the. I think we're posting today on social media about the dinner we're doing June 30th at the Fairmont with uh, Joel from Las Haras and. Um, we're doing a completely, uh, we're not selling it as a vegan dinner. We're just doing a winemaker dinner where it happens to be a vegan. Right. So we're oh, that's inco- good. incorporating that's a little cool. uh, Miyoko's in there and some renegade uh, meats, um, pseudo meat. I don't know what you call it. Fake. <laughs> um, but it's fun. It's it's just fun to stir the pot a little bit, especially with what's been, what was going on, you know, 11 Madison Park and with Kyle and Katina over at Single Thread taking over the shed there in, in um, um, Healdsburg and... I think it's going to be fun to play around with um, plant-based and and just kind of 
uh, mess with people's heads. I know. I remember Sandra and I not only did a vegan dinner one time, but we did a we did a winemaker dinner one time where it was was it yours? We we did one where it was completely gluten free, but we didn't tell anyone that. We just did a completely gluten-free dinner and didn't serve bread. And then at the end of the dinner, we said, do you guys realize that you all ate gluten-free tonight? And they were like, what? Had had no idea. So I'm, I'm hoping it'll be kind of the same vibe at this dinner where we'll have a dinner with some really good wines. And um, hey, just happens to be no meat on the... Right. That's pretty, good. Hey, that, that's, that's pretty good, uh, a good twist, a theme like that. So Yeah, I think it'll be fun. We wanted to do it last year. I think Bart was, yeah, was, was going to be Bart's winemaker dinner, and, and then, you know, that shit hit the fan. So um, other than that, no, I don't I don't think I have any shout-outs. I'm so busy. I don't remember shit anymore. <laughs> so if you're wondering if it's busy in Sonoma Valley, there you heard uh, it. Uh, it's back. It's back. It's and back. I'm in the girl in the fig. Oh, yes. So now <laughs> my son is officially in the girl in the fig. So nice. ev- everything has become full circle. I'm pretty much retiring. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to watch Nicole Rollet from Sean Blue do a little IG live this morning with the guys from Wilson and Daniels. And she's one of my favorite people in the wine world. So always shout out to Nicole. I'm hoping she can get here this summer and, and um, hang out with us. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Mike, thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah. Sonoma Too, bad we, too bad we only drank half the wines we brought. Or Not we even half. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, Thanks I mean, for opening up that um, that older bottle. That was really cool. So so Mike walked in, everybody, today with a case of wine and then bottles on top of the case of wine. <laughs> right. So, um, I was told 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well... <laughs> We hit it. Yeah, we hit it, no doubt. I guess uh, you know, but there's just the three of us with our our other um, our other guys out on secret assignments. So. That's right. All right, um, listen, rate, review, uh, follow Web- us on everything. Website Sonoma Collection. Sonoma Collection Wines dot com. Sonoma Collection Wines dot com. And if you're someone who lives here locally that needs someone to take care of your grapes, I guess reach out to you as well. Yes, you can always you can always do that. Uh, Ned and I are always around. Uh, it, and just one last thing: is there a wine club? Is it just is it, there is a website they can go on buy wine? We are uh, we are we are, we are in the pro- we are in the process of revamping that all okay. because we, we're trying to make it easier, um, and so. Yes, um, Weedo will get you the wine. We 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 we, uh, we 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 definitely do deliver. And in the meantime, you can go to Sonoma's Best and pick up some of the Pet Nat, right? Sonoma's Best has Pet Nat, and uh, Broadway Market uh, is is actually a pretty good. Uh, they had they were like the first people that had the cider. Um, cool. um, yeah, and if you're visiting so. Sonoma Valley if for any reason, it's worth a stop into uh, uh, Sonoma Market. To, I mean, to um, Broadway Market just to check it out. They got a nice meat market. And, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're doing a we, we're doing a photo shoot. It's like a four day photo shoot at the Fairmont, and so the photographers were here yesterday. They walked up to me and said, you know, and this is at like three thirty. Hey, we we just want to go taste some wine. We're done shooting for the day. Where should we go? And I'm like, well, you know, what do you like? Oh, well, you know, kind of really into skin contact and blah blah blah. <laughs> and, and then and then I said, well, you know, anywhere you go, you know, you have to make an appointment. And most places like close like at five o'clock or something. So I was like, yeah, I don't really know what to tell you. And then, boom, uh, light bulb. I said, you know where you need to go? Sonoma's best. Go, Just go there, sit down, and tell Todd what you like, and he's got everything that you can yeah, like that. possibly like desire. Like that, yeah. So they, I saw him last night after they came back, and they said that was perfect. Everybody got exactly what they were looking for. And Awesome. Um, yeah. Awesome. About time to have Todd back on the show. 
He right now he's busy with his second child. You're so. you're <laughs> the people that were in the other night that ordered your bottle of wine that that we called you from the table. They um they called Todd the Clark Kent of the wine industry. <laughs> <laughs> they said he looks like this mild mannered um, guy, and they just imagine him putting on a cape when he talks about wine. I thought it was really funny. All right, his chiseled face. <laughs> All right. On that note, thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Um, hope everybody's uh, having a good having a good weekend. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. All right. You bet. Thank you. <laughs>